Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Sunday Recap, a weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For more podcasts and recordings of our sermons, visit begrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. I'm Joey Colon, one of the assistant pastors here at Grace Bible Church. I'm Dave McMurray, preaching pastor. I'm Elliot Crawford, the ministry leader for Celebrate Recovery. And this week, yeah, Elliot's with us because Chris is out of town. I showed up at our normal <laughs> podcast recording time and um, looked at Dave and said, where's Chris? He said, you didn't know he's out of town? He said, I don't want to do this alone. I don't want to be in a room alone with you, Dave. So, Yay, Elliot. So I quickly texted right. Elliot and said, I need you, man. Come on in. So Elliot was super um, willing to come on in and, and be with us today on the podcast uh, we're glad you're here with us. Oh, thanks, thanks. Just a quick recap of where we are in the Joseph stories. We're in Genesis chapter 41 again this week, but in the second half of 41. So we started in verse 25 this week. We went through the end of the chapter. Um, kind of a turning point in the Joseph story. Um, dare I say, season two of the Joseph story mm-hmm. almost. Um, you know, we've seen Joseph through a lot of pain, Joseph in a lot of... Um, pits i guess in a lot of bad places mm-hmm. and now we finally see the story the turns you know joseph comes this week he interprets the dream for pharaoh the dreams mm-hmm. for pharaoh and uh and pharaoh exalts him um mm-hmm. so your theme this week i always say theme and i feel like that's the wrong word your title big, big your idea title your big, big idea, idea mm-hmm. um was that god reveals grace mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. um and some of that from the past um, few weeks, some of that mm-hmm. from this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, your sub points, or your, I guess, main points this week. I'm mm-hmm. really bad with words today. <laughs> God reveals grace to rebels, mm-hmm. and God rever- reveals grace um, through sufferers. Sufferers, so said, which sufferers. is a hard Not word suffering, to say. You said sufferers. Sufferers. Okay. sufferers. So God reveals grace uh, through sufferers. And then God reveals grace for spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything on on title or main points before we move and look into them? Uh, no, let's let's jump in. Yeah, well, I guess title came primarily from the very beginning, verses twenty five and twenty eight. Joseph repeats, "God's revealing what He's going to do," and mm-hmm. then says it again. God's showing what He's going to do. So um, that kind of gave me the focus for the whole main idea. Yeah, so God revealing his grace, um, specifically, first point is two rebels. And you talked about you know, that being because God's revealing himself to Pharaoh, to Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked a little bit about that being, it was just known, like they were the rebels, they were mm-hmm. the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Why was that known? Who else was like that in history? Yeah, so that would be in biblical culture. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say necessarily across the world. I think across the world they were just known as a great empire, but in in biblical literature, Egypt, and then later Babylon picks up this role, yeah. is seen as the great strength of man set against God. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Babylon takes that role at another point, but in this part of the story, biblical literature, we know Egypt mm-hmm. is the rebel. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that was kind of depicted some even from the serpent and serpent crown. How's that? Yeah, from, you from know, the head in, covering? Yeah, yeah. Thing? In context, they would wear a serpent on their head covering, mm-hmm. so... That was, you know, that's a little extra biblical. I always kind of want to wait an archaeological point in a secondary way. But but in Genesis, the serpent is the symbol of Satan or is the embodiment of Satan in Genesis chapter 3. So 
I just thought, you know, here's this other pointer. They, mm. they were a serpent on their crown. You know, that was the sign of their authority. So I just thought that was an interesting add-on. In Egyptian culture, did, mm-hmm. did, did the serpent have any significance um, to them? Well, you know, they have a poisonous cobra. Right. So in their environment, I think it's seen as lethal and powerful. Mm. So that that's my best understanding of the research I did was that's why they chose that symbol. Um, kind of like how I think in a lot of cultures, you know, there would be some kind of staff or weapon that would be symbolized that, that's often going to become a symbol of authority. Oh. But that's my best understanding of it. Okay. Hmm. I got so many pictures of like Moses in the future mm-hmm. and Egypt and Pharaoh mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. his rod swallowing up snakes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's that's in the future. Yes. But it's not a spoiler because it's not in the story, right? <laughs> right, doesn't right. It's okay. You can talk doesn't, about it. Doesn't actually it's a whole count. other series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you talked some or a lot, I guess, in this in this part about God's revelation to rebels, and mm-hmm. you know that doesn't just mean the outsider, but the rebel. I guess mm. in all of us too. Yeah. Um, I guess we could talk about that some, but I was really interested if you talk about, um, you said something like, even if you never had a Bible, that God's um, revealing his grace to you. Mm. How does God reveal his grace to somebody without the Bible? I know you actually talked about it in your sermon some, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but maybe more practically, like what does that look like mm-hmm. for us? Um, you know, a little bit of context, I guess we we met with David Platt, Mm-hmm. I guess a week or two weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, some of the pastors, local pastors, had a meeting with him, and he talked about, mm-hmm. um, you know, people who are around us versus people who are, you know, in unreached mm-hmm. places. Mm-hmm. I was just yeah. wondering how that works with God's God's revelation without the Bible. Oh, yeah. oh gotcha. Well, common um, yeah. Did you have anything to add? No, on just, that? Uh, okay. Common grace. Yeah. yeah, common grace is a is a way that's described. Um, we talk about general and special revelation, mm. and I didn't want to go into that because I thought that was a little bit distracting. But hey, this is the podcast, so we can sure. talk about this it. This is where we can distract you. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, so general revelation is the category of God giving common grace to all of creation, all mm. of mankind through Acts 14 says seasons, rains, mm. and crops. Mm. Um, Psalm 19 says the skies proclaim God's handiwork, his goodness, his glory. And so there's this idea that God is constantly speaking to people, calling out to people, engaging people Mm. through just creation and how he's made the world. Um, And then theologians will say, then there's this thing we call special revelation, Mm. which is kind of more specific, uh, even more clear that we have in the Bible from prophets, from apostles. So we've bound that up in the Bible, but it's basically when God speaks through his prophets and his apostles, and Hebrew says in these last days through his son. So that's special revelation. It's more specific. And the way Calvin described it is he's like, we can see God in creation, but because of sin, mm. we don't always respond to it as mm. we should. And Calvin saw special revelation or scripture as like the glasses that we need to wear mm. to see clearly, to read properly the general revelation. Um, so most Christians would say, you know, Romans 10 says we got to go preach. We got to go give that special revelation to everybody. We can't just rely on general. general revelation, you know. So there's a sense in which it's not enough with our gospel mandate. So it may be controversial, mm-hmm. but is general rev- revelation mm-hmm. saving revelation? Um, yes. It is controversial, yes. <laughs> because I, Romans, I didn't Romans mean maybe. I meant says, yes. Right. We all would, without excuse. So. Right. So what do you think that means? Yeah. 
Well, and, and you mm-hmm. talked about that actually in your sermon. Yeah. You said God's revelation leaves us without excuse. Without excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you said that in your sermon, which is actually what made me think through this and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. wonder, um, connected with David Platt, you know, is there a yeah. missions application to this even? So, yeah, so should, to go back to Platt, I, I think Platt was really helpful for me on this subject. Platt used this great illustration about, he was like, say you're on a, you know, a cleanup team for FEMA or whatever, a disaster cleanup team. Mm -hmm. And there's a tornado that comes through, tears up a bunch of towns in your area. And you go to this one neighborhood and you recognize our cleanup crew could be working for like the next two years just in this neighborhood. Um, And it would cost us more to go to the other neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So we'll actually get more done if we stay in this neighborhood. It's more, more effective. Yeah. More cost effective, more cost effective, more people will be helped if I stay here. And he's like, of course it makes sense to stay there. But what if your commander said you have to, I I want you to go 30 towns over. Yeah. I want you to go to the next neighborhood. And then I want you to go to the neighborhood after that. And so, that's how I solve that dilemma. I, I think Romans 1 says, men are without excuse. So there's, what I say, it's saving. I wouldn't say it's saving, but Jesus has told me, go and tell those yeah. men that are without excuse <laughs> right, right. this special revelation. So to me, right. that's how I think about it. I don't, I don't really worry too much about um, the distinction at the level of is special revelation more saving or less saving? I think it's definitely better to have more information and more revelation, and yeah. we've got it, so we got to take it because he's told us to take it and share it. So, so I'm kind of dodging the question. Yeah, and I noticed. Um, <laughs> I, I guess you don't have to answer, and that's okay. And yeah. people yeah. can can read some commentaries, read their yeah. own stuff. Mm-hmm. Any recommendations for things to read on um, Revelation? I'm looking at my books as we look around. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned Calvin; his books would be the Institutes. Yeah, I think Leslie Newbigin talks a lot about the need for special revelation. He does a good job making the case that we do need to give the special revelation. We need to tell the story of Jesus. My main point here was that God does reveal some kind of grace to all people. Uh, The rains are sent on the just and the unjust. So it's like God is giving goodness and grace and abundance to all people. I tend to think of it as like a narrowing uh, specificity of he gives grace and he gives more grace and he gives more grace. You know, there's a there's a progression to revelation. I mean, to clarify though, this was a special revelation revelation to Pharaoh, though. Right, and so, that's why. And so that's part why I didn't go into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God speaking through dreams yeah. and Joseph interpreting would yeah. be special revelation. Well, and I was kind of trying to lead people towards a tautology that. Uh, Back to the thing about we're all rebels. So God speaks to people that are not his people. Yeah. Well, that's how he makes us his people. We're, none of us were his people until right. he made us his people. Sure. So we're all rebels. You know, that's the whole argument of Romans 3.23 where Paul is trying to show the, you know, the Jewish and religious people, you're the same as the wild rebels. Like, you're all rebels, you know. it's mm. um, good. Any other thing on rebelness? That's kind of your shortest point. Yeah. Um, that's the main and really stuff. it was just the fact that he did it right it's yeah. not, there wasn't much to, to right. dig into or prove this is the kind of God we have that reaches out like that yeah. and then uh, your second point you said in the sermon that um, you almost want to say um, God reveals grace through Joseph mm-hmm, um, but mm-hmm. instead you chose through sufferers mm-hmm. and, and it makes sense Joseph was a sufferer if you could have chose a different word that would have been a little better for me at least yeah, right here this, to this, this point of yeah. my life um so God reveals his grace through sufferers. Mm-hmm. You talked some 
um, about Joseph's new name that Pharaoh gives him, and you had Is lost it? your notes. I so lost I was my like, notes. Oh, prime, oh, yeah. prime podcast time right here. Mm, Ask yeah. him about the name. Hopefully, you came prepared. Zephaniah. <laughs> So, so what did it mean? What? Well, Elliot's a seminary student right That's now. That's true. So can you tell us? <laughs> yeah, can you tell us? 4,000-year-old ancient Egyptian, mm. what Safanathpanea means? I, I don't know. Well, I'm with you, what you said in your fir- in the first service, that most mm-hmm. scholars still haven't been able to decipher what this name actually means. True, true. Um, I think one said it, it meant like a fruitful, one, some, one commentary mm. said fruitful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but not many. It, none of them were consistent. So yeah. I think people kind of landed on. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. All the commentaries I read either said, we think this is what it means, or we don't know what it means. <laughs> so, yeah. Is it okay to not know what it means? It's not okay, Joey. Oh. You have to keep searching. No, it's okay. Uh-oh. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we can go all into uh, sufficiency yeah. of Scripture and uh, <laughs> oh, wow. inerrancy of Scripture. You ready for that? It it's is enough. enough. All right. Um, well, since we don't know enough about Joseph's name, maybe – about Joseph being the junior savior. You kind of talked oh, yeah. some about that mm. in this, this section, which reminded me that I should probably remind everybody that they're junior welcome team members. That's true. Um, so reminder. even if you're not on the welcome team, you're a junior welcome team member. And being a junior welcome team member might be part of the role you're playing as a junior savior. So. Oh, mm. Mm. full circle mm. there. Yeah. Well, what what is a junior savior? What did you mean by junior savior? Well, we're all to be God's hands and feet. I mean, I think the most concrete metaphor in the New Testament is is we are the body of Jesus mm. and he is the head. So, you know, a cliche way to say that is we're the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. Um, so we're doing Jesus a things. Big Tent Revival song, right? Probably. Is that Big Tent Revival? <laughs> I want to be your hands. I want to be your feet. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, great 80s band. Yeah. No, no 90s oh, at least. 90s? Okay. Yeah. Well, seemed like 80s to me. It's a long time ago. <laughs> it's all the 80s. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we are to do Jesus-y things. We are to do what Jesus would do. You know, we are to serve right. people, save people, help people. Um, I think we feel a little touchy with the word Savior because we have such a very distinct gospel-centered Jesus dying on the cross view so that in um, Colossians 1, is it 1, 24, 24, 25. where he says, I'm filling up in my flesh what's lacking in Christ's mm, afflictions. Yes, yes. That sounds sacrilegious that Paul would even say that. But what he's saying is that his his suffering and his effort is actually carrying on Jesus to other people. So mm. that's how Paul got to be a junior savior is like passing on the truth of the gospel to others. Mm. And you said all of us are junior savers. Mm-hmm. What, mm-hmm. what does that look like in our lives? You said mm-hmm. welcome team might be your junior savior role. Yeah. What does that actually, what do you think that looks like for us? Well, mm-hmm. I think the sky's the limit. I guess I would push it back on y'all and say, can y'all think of, cross references other scriptures so you know i quoted some in the sermon but can y'all think of other scriptures that describe our role as saviors of some kind as um real royal priesthood chosen generation yeah, that's, kinda, that's actually the one i was thinking uh, of. Um, imitate god mm-hmm. imitate christ yeah think about uh-huh. um yeah yep. a lot of a lot of imitation type yeah. of so uh, imitation language, language our uh, priesthood and yeah yeah, represent ambassadors, language. ambassadors, so representatives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, so I see that those are the the role dynamics that the scripture talks about, and then I think, I mean, just about everything you do can play that role. So, yeah. um, raising children for the glory of God, being a good neighbor for the glory of God, you know, teaching 
for the glory of God. Uh, good news club for the glory of God. Good news club. So, 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 is more, so is it more about whatever context God places you in? Mm, yeah, um, yeah. And you, I you think imitate so. Christ. Yeah, I think so. And this gets a little confusing for us as Christians because we are given a, a lot of freedom to just do our thing in our right, context right. for the glory of God and do it with excellence and serve people. But we're also well, to talk about Jesus as well. And, yeah. and I think we... Sometimes we get confused about like, well, what's the proper ratio? You know, how many things should I say versus how many things should I do? But I think the Christian life should should be both of those things. Well, and Joseph's story, if it tells mm-hmm. us anything, is that mm-hmm. he was faithful yeah. wherever God put him, right? It's yeah. a story of, yeah. of faithfulness, faithfulness in slavery, um, mm-hmm. faithfulness in the pit, wow. uh, in prison. Mm-hmm. And then when he's called up, he was ready, right? That's kind yeah. of was last yeah. week, right? Yeah, he's he was ready. Um, man, I can't remember the exact words you used, but mm-hmm. but the, he was prepared. That was last yeah. week. That is interesting because mm-hmm. I guess when you think about it, man, he was taken away from his home, and now he's in this foreign land. Mm-hmm. So for us, I think sometimes we think of like uh, imitating crisis in ministry, mm-hmm. but not in like mm-hmm. these varying contexts. And so you got yeah. Joseph over here, man, thirteen years at this point, like. Mm-hmm. Um, that he's been in slavery, but he's constantly been faithful. Yeah, man, can you imagine being away from a church home for like thirteen years? Yeah, yeah. But so you're he's, still a faithful. He's put in a context he didn't want to be in, right? But he was faithful. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's I always crazy. bring up the youth, but middle mm-hmm. school boys this week, I was like, yeah. thirteen years. Who in here is over thirteen years old? You know, <laughs> one kid is like, I'm thirteen years and eight months. And like, <laughs> so your whole lives is wow. is how mm-hmm. how long he was in the place uh, in the pit in yeah. the place wow. of despair, and you. You kind of talked about hmm. how how hard that is, and some people maybe are still in a hard time and a rough time. You talked right. a little bit about celibate recovery, mm-hmm. um, yeah, definitely. And and then you went on to talk about um, the spirit of God, um, and if He's at work in our lives. Um, and you said that looks like having the fruits of the spirit. Is that this part where you did this? Oh, for spiritual growth. Uh, I came to the oh, fruits later, growth. but I did. Uh, I yeah. talked about it. the spirit here. Hold so, that thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're connecting the dots, which is great. Yes. That's good. That's <laughs> what we're supposed to do. If <laughs> yep, you're listening yep. to a sermon the and reading text, mm-hmm. is this yeah. what Pharaoh said? Pharaoh oh, says this dude's got the spirit of God, right, or right. something like that. So, I did something have a question. Like that. <laughs> I did have a question about that one. Yeah, yeah. So you have a pagan pharaoh uh-huh. who says that he has the spirit of god but obviously mm-hmm. he does he has no idea about the triune god right so man w- what would you say about that idea of recognizing like he has mm. some spirit of god in him yeah is this yeah. they see see your good works and glorify your father in heaven or right. is this mm-hmm. a pagan just right translating paganness into <laughs> christian ease yeah i think what's beautiful about stories is we don't always know all yeah. the nuance and so <laughs> What's great is that you don't get to know guys. We, <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and that happens in our life, right? We right. know this. We, we make friends with some pagan, and they're like, man, I can just really see you're like really spiritual, man. You know, whatever. <laughs> and we're like, well, that's not how I define it biblically. And, you know, and we can uh, yeah. judge their lack of biblical nuance. But I think God is still at work in that. You know, so, yeah, that's true. so I guess maybe I'd say both and. Like it could be a – this could be a first step of – of Pharaoh noticing something going on and it could still be a immature, you know, not really, it's not really there yet, but he's seeing something. Sure. Um, you did say, and this is jumping ahead technically, but yeah. you did say you're an optimist. So you believe that Joseph's wife was saved. Oh, he converted think, her. Do you think that Pharaoh was converted by Joseph? I think then? Pharaoh was too. Okay. Oh, wow. well, he was a Hyksos ruler and then he was thrown out. 
But that's just me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. The Hyksos were the Asiatic rulers of Egypt for a few hundred years, and then they, they lost their power. We scratch everyone's itch here. Yes, go you, look it up. You're history guy. There, we scratch <laughs> that itch for you. Yep. But Spirit of God at work in our lives, then, then what did you say that looks like for us then, um, if he's working? Well, so, you know, I talked about the temptation is we, we want that kind of exaltation now, you know. So I think a couple of temptations. One is we want a complete reversal this side of heaven, and we may not get our complete reversal this side of heaven. You know, so that's where we take take a difference with the prosperity gospel. Mm. The prosperity gospel would promise you will get it. You'll get your best life now. You'll get it soon. Best We're, life now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so we're in a, like a already not yet type of mm-hmm. mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Explain. Tell us what that means. That's a that's a big theo- theological yeah. idea. So I guess like we're already justified mm-hmm. in Christ. Like so we so we know that we've been made right. We've been made right with mm-hmm. Christ, mm-hmm. Um, uh, with God through mm-hmm. Christ. And so we know that um, that the Holy Spirit has sealed us, mm-hmm. and and we now we await our inheritance in heaven. So yeah. that may mean we may not um, be exalted here in mm-hmm. earthly wealth and all these other things, mm-hmm. especially like Joseph was. Mm-hmm. But we can rest assured we have a place in heaven mm-hmm. uh, waiting for us. And, and mm-hmm. so not we don't have it yet, but yeah. we are already saved according to, yeah. to um, our faith in Christ. Yeah. 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 And I think it's, uh, I think Proverbs teaches what we would teach our kids, which is all things being equal given the rule of law and a stable society mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. You know, like if everything works out the way it's supposed to, mm-hmm. if you work hard, do the right thing mm-hmm. and follow God, th- things will be generally prosperous for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. But we have to balance that with the call mm-hmm. to suffer that we see in Jesus's life right. and the recognition that this world is broken. And, you know, Romans 8, it, it's not going to be, you know, there'll be groaning until we get to heaven. So... Yeah, they're both sides of it. I think what the prosperity gospel does is it just takes the one side and gives that side and doesn't give the rest of it. Yeah, and I think we have also have to be careful, even for myself, like reading the scripture through an American lens mm-hmm. of, um, mm-hmm. of of prosperity. Like yeah. you know, even we've been taught like a life pursuit of happiness. Yeah. So, um, but in other cultures, they may not um, be that way. Yeah. So even as Christians, they may go through a lot of suffering that we we would never experience in America. Mm-hmm. And so I think you know, just looking at it, the totality of scripture, realizing, hey man, we all are caused to suffer, and that may come in a variety of ways yeah so i have to always be careful about that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as good. i read scripture that's good so we see a pattern though of exaltation after suffering and this pattern reminds us of jesus but it should also remind us of our own life you know our yeah. suffering can be meaningful uh, that was kind of my, my big, my well, big and, idea and some of the meaning can just be being faithful in the suffering right yeah like, like I think that's okay. yeah. I feel like I keep coming back to that with Joseph. Yeah. But no, good point. So much of the story is just faithfulness, mm-hmm. trusting mm-hmm. in God. Um yeah. even when everything seems like it's falling apart. Right. And yeah. then um again talked a little bit with the, the youth mm-hmm. about it's hard to be faithful in that season sometimes, but you know mm-hmm. it's also hard to be faithful in in the prosperity and like yeah. if things do go well like things went well with joseph mm-hmm. now he's second in command of egypt which right. basically means second in charge of the whole world yeah. yeah um and so you said god reveals um grace through through spiritual growth and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll pretend to be chris for a second okay <laughs> it's just so beautiful um 
<laughs> no. Um, you, you painted a picture when yeah. you started off. Actually, your transition was the painting mm-hmm. of the picture in between the two points about a grain of wheat growing oh, yeah. uh, mm. and, and it giving life by going mm. into the ground and dying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I know Chris would have brought that up. So I made yes. sure to, to save that Thank for you, you. Chris. <laughs> um, and yeah. however Chris would have said that way more eloquently and beautifully yes. than I would have. The beautiful image. Um, yeah, I was just wondering how does, I mean, obviously you can quickly make the connection to like, oh, things are going bad for you. Just, mm. you know, God's yeah. going to use it for growth. But mm-hmm. I don't know. You want to go on that analogy a little bit more? I just think that's how God works, man. You know, like he uses our suffering. The older I get, the more I believe it, too. I think think when I was younger, I really believed that I could have it all without suffering. And I guess I just... The older I get, the more I see this this pattern. I'm like, this is the pattern. This is how God's wired the universe. It doesn't mean he wants us to suffer all the time. It doesn't mean life is nothing but suffering, but mm. he can work through our suffering in, in little, and back to your point, in little faithfulness that doesn't seem public. It doesn't seem like empire or mm. worldwide faithfulness. It just It's just our little corner. And um, my wife brought that out when we were out this morning as well, that we just have to keep coming back to that, you know, that it's mm. the little things you're doing where you're obeying Jesus in your little context mm. is making a difference. And yeah. we, we're not waiting for the big moment to, to work for Pharaoh. It's just when those big moments come, it's just easier to see, you know, it's yeah. just like, whoa, look at that, you know, so it, it stands out. But God is at work in our, our little things as well. Yeah. I know you did talk about the do, um, having a um, – prayer like like this dual prayer um mm-hmm. of like stop like mm-hmm. stop the pain and stop the suffering yeah. but also according to god's will mm-hmm. i thought that was powerful yeah. um but i do think a lot of times we can <laughs> we can be more to like the stop right, like right. The stop, that's right? how we pray yeah, yeah what, what, yeah. what were those two prayers because you said there are two prayers that every christian can pray right yeah that's like the next thing on my yeah. notes too <laughs> yeah yeah um, what, what were those two prayers hey, this is my translation of the garden of gethsemane so yeah. it's Please make the pain stop, right. but not my will, your will be done. So right. I'm kind of directly quoting the second prayer because the first prayer is more poetic. Jesus says, if there's any other way, let this cup pass right. from me, right? right? So that's the stop of the pain. Please, please stop the pain, but not my will, your will be done. You know, I trust you. Help me to see what you're doing. Help me to see your will right. in these circumstances if it's not your will to stop the pain right now. But please stop the pain. I mean, he's our daddy. We can run to him. We can ask for that. There are tons of prayers like that throughout Scripture. Mm-hmm. I just think we need to pray both sides of it. Yeah, and I can only imagine like Joseph because I think at this point, with the with the baker and the, mm-hmm. and the butler, well, it was like uh, well, eleven years at that point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I'm sure he may have prayed to God. Yeah. And then he asked, you know, the, the cupbearer, "Hey, can you can you put a word in for yeah. me?" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but dude forgets it, him. Right. Yeah. Dude forgets him. Right. So it's like, yeah. well, God, are you are you here? And I can yeah. only imagine us today like um if these things don't change but it mm-hmm. reminds me of the scripture my grace is sufficient right yeah, yeah. if it doesn't if it do, if god doesn't it chooses not mm-hmm. to take it away mm-hmm. um so well, that's a great example because paul asked him yeah right so again paul's the super spiritual guy you'd think he'd be too spiritual to ask god to remove pain paul right. seems to have this obsessive love of pain and suffering right. <laughs> you know what i mean like he's thrown in prison and he's praising the lord he cries out yeah but he says take this thorn take this thorn take this yeah. thorn he keeps asking and God says, nope, we're wow. going to leave it, you know. Mm. I want to take a few minutes and talk about Joseph's kids and their names yeah. and, and mm-hmm. what that means. Mm-hmm. You said that uh, 
Joseph uses the language of his fathers to, to promote the God of his fathers. Yeah. Um, mm. So, could you talk about Joseph has, I guess, two kids at this point. I don't know yeah. if there's more later or not. I don't think so. I don't remember. Yeah, well, I don't, but, we don't, I don't think there are. It's funny. Bible always tricks me on stuff like that because later on someone will come up. You're like, oh, he had five more kids. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think he does have I any did, more. I didn't do enough research. I stayed in this part of the story. I yeah. didn't want to. I didn't want to <laughs> get ahead no too spoilers. far. Um, but his two kids, he names them, um, and he uses language of his fathers to promote mm-hmm. the God of his fathers. Can you talk about that a little bit? So Manasseh and Ephraim, mm-hmm. and Manasseh, he said, it sounds like forget, and Ephraim sounds like fruitful. So this is a common naming pattern in Hebrew. You'll say it throughout. You'll see it throughout scripture where they'll they'll have a word that that is like a couple of words or a couple of letters different from a noun or verb so manasseh is like same root or same chunk of of words as or as letters as forget and ephraim is fruitful so manasseh he says he's doing it because god has made me forget all my hardship and all my father's house wow and so in context i talked about how forget biblically is is more like how we would use the forget the word forgive yeah Yeah. and then ephraim it's fruitful god's made me fruitful in the land of my affliction so i talked about those as kind of two sides of spiritual growth putting away our past you know forgiveness giving that to god and then fruitfulness is is making something in in the midst of our crummy circumstances it sounds like joseph went to cr yeah, man. <laughs> he, he dealt with his hurts, habits, and hang-ups. He did. Yeah, he, did. Yeah. he made amends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big part of the CR process, For, right? Forgiveness, yeah. Forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just thought it was so cool. We're, you know, we're having another kid, mm-hmm. and I'm like, we're struggling with names. Uh, we, we don't have anything mm-hmm. really at all. Yeah. Um, we have a few names that we bounce back and forth a bunch, but mm-hmm. it made me think about, you know, how important Joseph had for these names. Like, this mm-hmm. was preaching to everyone in egypt every time they met their kids like yeah it was a, absolutely you know, i can forget my i can forget or forgive my hardship mm. um i can be fruitful in the midst of hardship mm-hmm. i thought that was super yeah. powerful yeah, yeah. part of joseph's story that i i didn't think i ever caught that before mm-hmm. i just because mm-hmm. you would think he would give them egyptian names by now yeah because yeah. they've been good to him <laughs> and well, he's second in charge he's got everything <laughs> right. yeah it's like and he's yeah. like no these are so my people so, now right. but yeah but yeah. yeah, you talked a little bit about the my peopleness, and mm-hmm. this is this is a little bit before he has kids. You know, his his wife that he's mm-hmm. given from Pharaoh. Um, so now he's intermarrying into different tribes. So I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. you you talked a good bit about it in your sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, how this is still before the rule was given to not intermarry. Oh and, yeah, and uh, yeah. and all that. And I was just wondering, mm-hmm. do you have anything else you want to talk about that? Because yeah. yeah, Joseph could have easily said, these are now my people, right. you know, mm-hmm. and forget that he's part of God's people. But Right. Well, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting he says, forget my father's house. Right. And so I think this is a really interesting tension in patriarchal early Hebrew society where he's, he's forgetting his father's household, but he's remembering his father's God. Right. And that's a hard part of growing up. I think whenever I do premarital counseling, I encourage people to – to look back on how they grew up and say, what do I want to continue and what do I want to end? Because yeah. um, I want to respect and honor my parents, but I want to obey God first. And it, right. you know, getting married, you're forming a new household. So I think as best we can tell from the limited amount of information we have, Joseph was doing that well. But the, the thing about marriage was the Old Testament forbids intermarriage with other tribes and other places. 
And we often read that as racial, but it's, I believe, not racial, but faith-based. And the idea is don't, mm. don't intermarry with people that are going to drag you away from God. Right. Um, and that that's what the, the em- emphasis was in the Old Testament. That's definitely true. I think it's mm-hmm. carried over in the New Testament, too, about mm-hmm. being unequally yoked. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of carry, carried over. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, God revealing his grace, well, sorry, God reveals grace mm. um, through, or to rebels, through sufferers, for spiritual mm. growth. And then you ended with God's ultimate revelation to us, which is through his son. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And going that goes back to Joseph being a junior savior and all that. But, yeah, yeah. you know, these stories, Old Testament stories even, should point us to Jesus Um mm-hmm. You know, we we read a book recently, "Show Them Jesus." Is that oh, what it's called? Yeah, show mm-hmm. them Jesus. Um, and it, you know, it just helps us mm-hmm. to remember that all these stories are about Jesus. This is pointing yeah. to to the Messiah. This is pointing to Jesus. Yeah. Um, the whole of Scripture points to Jesus. Yeah. And I, th- I just thought, man, you you summed it up at the end, mm-hmm. being like, and and check it out. Here's the real revelation that we've been given. Mm-hmm. It's his son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, that's a great book. I, I would recommend that. Maybe something we could put in the show notes. Show them Jesus show by them Jack Klumpenhauer. Dude, you're getting so hip. You said show notes. Yes, I said show notes. The yes. Show notes. <laughs> Let me just add this to the show notes. Show them Jesus by uh, Jack Klumpen. Klumpenhauer. I see it. Yeah. yeah, great book. Up there mm-hmm, on the shelf. Mm-hmm. So, as, as a matter of fact, uh, most of the staff, pastors, and interns had read it last year, and. I was just surveying everybody, so if y'all haven't told me yet, mm, I need y'all which, to tell me which too. Which I haven't. I haven't. Tell me your favorite <laughs> chapters. It's a fantastic book where he probably could have done all that work in like half the number of chapters. So I was surveying the staff to say, hey, well, we, you can't sell a book chapters? if you do it in half the number of chapters. Right. Exactly. Then you exactly. have to sell a pamphlet. So if you want to contact us in a few months, we'll have a completed survey on what the best chapters of the <laughs> book are. So, But it's really good. <laughs> Yeah, maybe more than a few months. Don't know, like, <laughs> It'll no, take a while. We're, How we're, we're people have responded. <laughs> I, did, I did have one question. Yeah. Uh, this this sermon, you used a lot of cross references. Yeah. Typ- typically, you don't. Basically, right. non-stop. Do non-stop. Not, yeah, it was non-stop. You typically, were, you were you almost not in this text this week. A I couple. Like, mm, yeah. Right. Yeah. So was that? Um, did you feel compelled to do that? It's definitely not your norm. That's not my norm. That's yeah. So. Um, that's a good question. I'm feeling the need more and more with the Joseph stories because there's a lot of repetition in the Joseph stories, mm-hmm. number one, and also because I believe strongly that the stories are pointing us to Jesus, mm. and I don't think I can show that without cross-references. Gotcha. So I, I, th- I think that's the two reasons. I'm an intuitive person, so it's kind of hard to explain <laughs> sometimes why I do what I do. <laughs> I'm like, I think that's it. Yeah, I mean, I think I just, I feel in my soul, mm-hmm. this is about Jesus. But how do you how do you say that without going to the New Testament, which right, is about right, Jesus, right. you know, which says the Old Testament was pointing us forward to Jesus. And my ending, I tried to do the, I tried to do that in a way where I said, this story reminds us of Jesus. And that's something I picked up from Tim Keller. So, so there's this weird thing that a lot of the early church would do where they would kind of find Jesus under every rock and it started to seem ridiculous. Oh, almost, yeah. You know, like overly analogical, overly allegorical, yeah. weird symbols where it just felt out of touch. Sometimes if you've read some of the church fathers, you know, like around 1000 AD or 600 AD, 400 AD, early church, it seemed like they did it too much. Um, right. And so I think it's helpful to look at God does this kind of thing 
in the Old Testament, and you know what? He does this kind of thing in the Old in the New Testament as well Absolutely. through Jesus. And so that that's where I tried to end. He's the kind of God that feeds the whole world. You know what? He, he's doing this through Jesus now in an ultimate way. So. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think we need to let Elliot go. He's got to head out to Good yeah. News Club pretty soon here. Good News Club. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being here. Yeah, for, thanks, man. For oh, joining thank you. us. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, little shy in the beginning, but we, we warmed you up and you shared <laughs> yeah, with us. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate might be you being a here. repeat guest star in the future. Hey, so. hey, uh, yes. Anytime, brothers. Keyword anytime. star. Come here and no, f- no, no fulfill your savior role. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Junior savior. Junior, junior savior. Good news club today and CR. So right, Yeah, Mondays man. are busy for Elliot. Monday is crazy. Busy. Yeah. Where's Good News Club at again? What school are you going to? Cedar Valley uh, Elementary. Cedar Valley Elementary yeah. School. You want to cool. be a part of that? Email... Steve Guess. Steve Guess at <laughs> office at begrace.org. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was our announcements this Sunday. Everyone, Everyone was like, oh, we have this event coming up. Contact mm-hmm. Joey at office at begrace.org. Contact Steve at office at begrace.org. Contact Eunice at office yeah, at begrace.org. Yeah, you stealing my email account, man. That's where I send all my emails. <laughs> hey, I didn't, I didn't do that. I think Julie is just protecting us and, yes, and, and watching out for us. I love it. She's awesome. So I wanted to do a bit, but I couldn't think of something for myself, so I didn't do it. But I was mm. thinking at the end of every episode, we mm-hmm. can do something like, uh, it's another podcast I do calls it Can't Let It Go. Mm. So what's something this week, sermon or otherwise, that you can't let go? Do you have mm. anything off the top of your brain that... You can't let go. Like can't just something that you spend in your brain, Stuck you're in your thinking head. about it. Oh. So like... Oh, yeah. Maybe you're like super mm. focused on this book or like, man, you've been listening to this song and it's awesome. Be Still My oh. Soul. My daughter is putting up this page. It's one of her favorite hymns, Be Still My Soul. And we were FaceTiming and she showed it to us. She's putting it up in her new room in college. And I was like, oh, Be Still My Soul. That's sung to the tune of Finlandia, right? She's like, uh, I don't know. And then she looked at it. She's like, yes, it's like a national song of Finland. Yes, it's a great song. But I have this obsessive problem where especially when i'm doing the dishes i do like jazz syncopated versions of old hymns and pop Mm -hmm. songs and my daughter makes fun of it and i've been doing that for the last three days i keep doing Uh be still my soul but in like a weird jazz version so (laughs) that's jazz man (laughs) for me i think it's um this book the practice of um, the presence of god by Mm -hmm. brother lawrence Mm -hmm. old old book i just can't put it down it's only like 50 Mm -hmm. pages yeah yeah i just keep reading it that's great um and it's, it's just been powerful, very Ooh, convicting. Yeah. You, you have a much me. more spiritual answer, Elliot. Well, I'll I just be honest. redo my answer. <laughs> no, no redo. Save it for next week. <laughs> I was just being honest. Yeah, man. Yeah, the awesome. practice of the presence of God. Mm. And he, one one part of the book, he says that um, he doesn't necessarily pray for um, people's healing all mm. the time, that mm-hmm. he prays for their endurance and their faith mm-hmm. um, to, get, to get through the healing and yeah. for God to uh, remove it in his timing, mm. which goes back to your point about suffering for spiritual yeah growth yeah. so he was more concerned about spiritual growth than he was about um just removing the pain immediately mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so it's been a great book um for me is this i just keep meditating on it trying to figure out how to, it's so convicting like i'm like i don't practice this yeah mm-hmm. that's like, good for me i think just since yesterday really so it's not been on my brain like crazy but just the name thing with joseph that's, that's why i brought it up and we don't have a name yeah. for our kids so yeah. my yeah. wife will be happy that that's what stuck on my brain is that oh, wow. i can't, can't help but so it's gonna be trying to figure out names and oh you know my two kids are one's named after a grandmother Grandma. and one's named after a grandfather so yeah like that was pretty easy we didn't have to think about Family what the names. name means and stuff we looked some but mm-hmm. anyways so interested to see what this child uh, gets named in a yeah i guess 
little over two months. You like, could use a maiden name, do. right? He could be uh, <laughs> Brown. Just, just name the kid that. Okay. What up, Brown? You just ruined any security question for several people in my life, probably. No. <laughs> but uh, make sure you all change your passwords <laughs> on the internet. All right. Well, thanks, guys, again. End of episode. End of episode. Uh, you've been listening to Sunday Recap, a weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off our sermon this past Sunday. For recordings of our sermons and more podcasts, visit begrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org.